are a W-2 capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. What's up, everybody? My name is Jay Helms, and I'm the founder of this podcast and movement. See, I almost messed up, Jay. Uh, podcast and movement known as the W-2 Capitalist. Today, I'm joined by a W-2 Capitalist Mastermind member himself, Jamie O'Brien. Uh, Jamie is a dedicated husband and father of two twin girls, which is incredible, by the way. I'm going to edit that just a minute. Jamie is a dedicated husband and father to two beautiful twin girls who decided the average life was not for him. In the same amount of time that his girls have been on the earth, which is about two and a half years, that probably the most chaotic time in their lives too. Jamie has successfully invested in seven tax certificates, two of which he still owns, one of the properties he rents, three rental flips, one turnkey flip, and controls 12 doors, which he holds as long-term rentals. Uh, he's accomplished all this while working a full-time medical sales job for which he travels up to two weeks out of the month, which is also incredible. You may remember Jamie back uh, one of the very first shows that he joined us and Michael Zuber on the best, we did, did a best job series and it was the best job for a real estate investor, traveling salesman. Here he is back again. Jamie, what's going on? What's happening, Jay? Did you want to say Roll Tide real quick? No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> we were, before I hit the record button, we were talking about how Alabama's got such a weak-ass schedule this year, but they'll still end up playing for the national title because of any, for whatever reason, because they, and I'm using air quotes, deserve it. Yeah. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that, man. Let's talk about your, uh, your shotgun approach to real estate yeah. investing. So one of the things that we try to, that I try to focus on and you sent me a text message. I still haven't listened to that podcast you sent me yesterday uh, about um, being laser focused, right? So I, I did entertain the idea of buying a car wash because I, for some reason I've always had that itch and I wanted to scratch it and there's an opportunity two miles from my house um, that could fulfill that. I really stuck to the numbers, right? And it just didn't work out. We couldn't come to an agreement and I'm glad I did. I'm kind of glad I let that go. I love the realtor and I know you've probably ran into this before too, is where realtors will say, look, we've got a lot of interest on this property. It's probably not going to last for the next month or so. So if you're serious, make an offer, you know? And I was like, oh, yeah. so when they first said that, I, I was turned off, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, ah, I know where you're going next. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to try to convince me to buy a piece of garbage. And uh, so luckily I've, I've been through this before where I've, I've kind of um, not stuck to my investing criteria, got really emotional about the deal and it didn't work out. Right. We just closed on um, a, pro a property we bought several years ago. I'm going to let you talk here in a minute. I promise. Yeah, no we worries. Just <laughs> we just closed on a property we bought several years ago at two mobile homes on it. And it was our first uh, property that we've closed at a loss. Uh, yeah. We lost about 10 grand um, on it. And I'm, I'm pretty excited to be out of it, quite honestly. <laughs> so, and that was a buy and hold we had for uh, two or three years. So, um, Lots of things that's going to go into that. I'm going to do a separate podcast on that one as well. But the shotgun comment I made is about you are in all this different stuff, right? And I tend yep. to try to stay laser focused. I'll get these itches for car washes and other things of that nature. But I try to stay laser focused. But you've been, you don't necessarily subscribe to that model. You've actually done several different things and you've been highly successful at all of them, right? And yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about that a minute. Um, how did you start and how did you get enough of that to say, okay, now I want to try something different, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it all really comes down to I'm uh, inherently super impatient and uber competitive. And so if I see someone doing something, I, A, 
want to try and figure it out because there's no reason I should be able to do it. And two, I just get impatient. So um, really, I just look at myself as an opportunity seeker. Uh, I know that people say get really laser focused, focus on one niche. And if you do that, you'll be more successful than if you try a bunch of different things. Well, I'm not sure I know what my niche is really yet. So what I've been doing is just looking for opportunity, pulling the trigger, trying to figure out if it works out and then, and then going from there and, and evolving kind of my investing style and criteria to, to match what I like the best. Do you, do you ever foresee, so I was, when I first started, I started on a smaller scale than you have, right. On trying different things. And I'm going to adjust my camera because it looks like you're looking up my nose and that's just inappropriate for this early in the morning. <laughs> well, that's probably my camera as well. <laughs> no, man, yours, yours is a lot better. But, you know, so I, I, when we started, you know, I did a live and flip was my first property. Now I bought it in 2006. So I'm calling that and I bought it without knowing anything about uh, other than what I saw on HGTV. Right. Right. So I call that my false start. And then we started, and then by the next, over the next eight years, uh, found my wife, got married, all that good stuff. And we started looking at, okay, what are, we like this real estate stuff. What should we be doing, right? And wholesaling was a big piece of that, uh, or, or not a big piece of that, but a lot of people start in wholesaling. So we started going down this path. We, we bought a bunch of envelopes and paper and my wife and actually handwrite a bunch of stuff that went out. It got some responses, oh, yeah. right? Oh, we bought yeah. a list um, and, and these things went out, but I quickly determined, Hey, my personality does not line with a wholesaler, right? Yeah. No. Um, also my availability to, to be able to hustle like that does not align with, Oh, it's to grind. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. <clears throat> and you, you've really got it. You know, one of the things that I commend wholesalers on, at least the ethical ones is you've got to have some really tough conversations, right? You've got to be dealing with people who are ready to sell their property for, I want to say pennies on the dollar, but that's kind of corny, but that's what it means. Right? So we quickly realized, okay, this is not for us. So then we started looking at uh, buy and hold because flipping, flipping sexy, right? I mean, that's the sexy right. thing to do. You've done some of that. You've had some success at it in a market where I'm like, man, how do you do that in Birmingham, Vestavia area? Yeah, yeah, it gets tough. Because, I, you know, I spent about 10 years there. Mm-hmm. I know how that market used to be and, and whatnot. Um, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm just more a little bit more risk adverse than you are. But my point being is I eventually, we eventually landed on buy and hold. Um, and we've been doing that for almost five years now and it's starting to starting to pay off for us. Right. Do you think there's ever going to be a chance where you say, okay, this is now going to be my focus. Or do you think you're just going to go where the opportunities are live up to that opportunity seeker title that you've uh, given, which I love by the way. (laughs) That's a great question. You know, I, um, I think if you ask me to give you a straightforward, like what is my strategy? It's always been flip houses for capital and buy, buy and hold. The okay. problem I ran into, especially early on, was deal flow. Um, I didn't have the time to do the marketing myself. Still really don't have the time to do the marketing myself. Um, and I wasn't finding anything. I got extremely frustrated and impatient not finding any deals. I spent probably six, eight months looking at wholesale deals, trying to go to meetups, trying to meet people, looking at the MLS. Um, really, that was looking back on it. That was building my kind of my network and my team, which yeah. is you know, in the, in the backside, but you know, when I kind of set my mind to something, I want to go and, and just do it. And that's, uh, could be good. It could be bad because again, I, the impatience in me led me to go to that tax sale and, and just, I was like, I've got all <laughs> that I'm, I've got to put to use. Yeah. Um, bigger pockets is a great resource. However, you can yeah. go down with rabbit hole you want to go down. And, and I went down the tax lane rabbit hole for a little while. So um, just decided to go try it out. I was like, Hey, worst case scenario, I'll sit on these, earn, you know, 12% interest or 1% a year. And Hey, maybe one of them are turning into a, to a house that I get to get to keep. And I say, get to keep. And, and it's unfortunate in those tax sales. A lot of the times, the ones that you end up keeping are uh, tough situations. People yeah. really kind of abandon the property and stuff like that. But that's where, um, I feel like our job as real estate investors also comes around to revitalizing neighborhoods and improving yeah. the quality of housing for people. And that's something we try and pride ourselves on is 
providing quality affordable housing to the Birmingham market. So the one that we are renting, we have actually done a total rehab on, um, taking a property that was about to be condemned and turn it into uh, a livable space. So I'm, I'm inherently somewhat proud of that, but I don't know if I'm going to continue going down the tax lien road. Um, I'll probably revisit it when my, uh, my risk tolerance gets a little bit lower, maybe in, in later in my investing career. Yeah. It tends more of a passive, um, for the most part, just buy and, and sit and wait and see what happens yeah. Yeah. Um, for those tax liens. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. No, it's fine. And then, tax, yeah, so you're right on those tax, and there's a difference between tax certificates and tax liens, right? We're not getting yes. all that, but yeah. one of the you're right. Most situations, because I've purchased a tax lien, it was quite frankly, it was the worst house on the block. Not only the way it looked, but what the people were doing in that property. Yep. Um, yeah. And it does provide you an opportunity to really help revamp a, a neighborhood. And I, I don't know if you've noticed this in all your flips and whatnot. But I've had, it's, it's almost like um, it's contagious, right? Mm-hmm. So you go in, you start renovating a house and you start flipping it, especially if you're doing something on the outside, the neighbors start seeing what's going on and they're like, oh, yeah. I need to do something, right? That very first house that, that I call our false start, we started doing all this stuff to, to the outside. Every neighbor that was viewable from our front door uh, if the husband came over, he's like, I really don't like you right now because now yeah. my wife is making me do all this stuff. <laughs> and if the wife came over, she was like, my husband doesn't like you right now because now he, he feels like he should have to do something. So it's you know, whether you're doing it for your, for your own, um, it doesn't matter what asset class you're in. It's just, there's something about it. It's just asset. It's a, it's a contagious feeling, right? So, it is. Uh, but yeah, tax certificates and tax liens are definitely a way for you to uh, help improve a neighborhood uh, rather quickly. Right. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, you touched on something there about early on. Uh, I don't know why my voice is shaking like that. It is a little early and I hadn't had enough coffee, but um, building relationships, building out your team, right? Mm-hmm. So when you, and I've started that, you know, when I first started, I latched onto a couple of guys and I thought, all right, here we go. This is it. You know, yep. um, I rarely talk to those guys today. Yep. You know, and it's one of those things where you're constantly, I preach constantly improve your circle. Um, and I've started doing that here recently to the point where I've now, like most people I went to high school with and everything like that. Most of those folks I've stopped communicating with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was kind of like a big mental shift. I was like, man, we grew up together. You know, we spent 18 years of our lives going to school and picking on the same folks and all this stuff, but they're just not have the same interest. Right. And now it's getting, um, I don't know if you call it like a fine tooth comb, but I'm now really starting to look at where I spend my time. Right. So now I look back about all those friends who I stopped interacting with, um, and as hard as it was at that point in time, that has now been the easiest thing to do, right? And I may be sounding like right. an asshole right now, but no, I get it. Um, it's you know, I posted last night. We 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 um our second limited partner deal. Saw that. Congrats. Yeah, and and so now we're up to I forget the number three hundred twenty something units uh, in five years, and I'm like. The reason why we're here is because I went to some different events, whether it be the local RIA, um, some conferences, and I started interacting and building relationships with people that have the same interest, right? So you touched on that a little bit. How often do you kind of focus on improving that circle or you kind of let somebody go? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you you, uh, nurture a relationship? You're like, all right, this is just not. And you make a, you don't go tell the person off, right? You're like, right. Hey, man, right. F you, you're not helping me, blah, blah, blah. Um, but you just stop interacting with them, right? Yeah, uh, there's certain relationships you have to just organically let go. Um, yeah. It could be yeah. toxic in some way, shape, or form. It's, it's something that I've been talking to my wife about a lot, really, in the last couple of years, um, since really since I started this real estate journey, is surrounding yourself, or at least you're your top five, right. With, with people that are going to help make you better as selfish as that sounds, but you can also make better as well, whatever yep. uh, attributes that is for you. And, and for me, that's just people that have 
um, common life goals, common morals, common drive that just want to be better than average, I guess, or above average in, in life and just everything they do. So if I'm being honest with myself, I probably don't take a tally of that circle enough and, and probably have some relationships that um, I keep around because they're a good time. And that's yeah. about, you know, that is what it is. And I think that's okay to have that. But I definitely am trying to focus on spending more time and more quality time with a certain number of people that I feel um, will help lift me up through life, if you will, um, yeah. and kind of have the same goals to drive, drive ourselves forward and kind of push ourselves forward. Yeah. Um, so I definitely focus on that. Um, probably could do a better job of it, but we all um, could. Right. I mean, yeah, but it's one of those yeah. things where if you, you know, we just went through the book atomic habits. Um, we're still going through it. We're still, mm-hmm. going, through it. still going through it. <laughs> um, I'm a little bit ahead of, of you guys just today. Well, I've listened to it I think three times now. So it's, it's great. It's incredible, man. I'm, I'm uh, trying to get uh, James clear on the, to come chat with me, but um, you know, it's one of those things where if you get in a habit of recognizing, you know, I kind of took it as, okay, here's a cue references some verbiage in the book. Here's a cue that led to a really good relationship. Mm-hmm. how do I repeat that? Right. Or how do I create those cues and then I'm going to uh, institute those habits. So I kind of took it, I don't know, a little bit different approach, right? right. So maybe it's not, maybe it's not. Um, but it, it definitely, I see where, um, those relationships who have helped me and my family get to where we are really pay attention to those and how do I rinse and repeat? Right. Absolutely. And, um, but yeah, you're right. We all can do a better job of that. I want to mention real quick before, and, and we're not going to be able to see this, but the hat you have on is just badass, right? You like that? Thank yes. You. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a, it's like a trucker hat with a leather patch on the front of it with O'Brien home. Yeah. yeah. Get you some. It's, uh, I may have to figure out how to, I need to redo our logo. But anyway, that's a conversation for another time. Um, so common life goals, how do you find somebody that has a common life goal as you? Oh man. Um, traveling salesman, uh got twin daughters, which speaking of, of building wealth, you've got a couple of, uh, (laughs) (laughs) weddings to, uh, to pay for You know, I was talking with a coworker. I said, you know, yesterday and I said, you know, my, my idea was to retire by the time I was 35. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, or that, at least that was my mindset when I was 30 and then yep. real life started happening. I got married and started having kids and I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to retire anytime soon, you know? And, um, and so it was just kind of funny about, about, about that. She brought up the, the coworker I was talking to. She was like, you also have a couple of weddings you got to pay for. I was like, That's ah, right. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Thanks for the reminder. But so I have no idea where I was going with that, by the way. It yeah, you just totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> how do you find the people to, to uh, add yeah. to your circle or kind of grow with? Yeah. I mean, I think I think the easiest way is finding seeking out uh, people that that share similar interests, and you can do that. Uh, meetups, your local RIAs, for me has been um, a big part of kind of developing a network of real estate minded people, at least. Um, and then you kind of pick and choose your people, I guess, in that group at the RIAs, yeah. or at least I have, that, that you want to emulate or be as successful as or, or be associated with. We actually are a limited partner on an eight-unit apartment complex, so we got that opportunity by just being a part of the RIA, like you said, just kind of going yeah. to those meetings yeah. and finding, that, finding those people. Um, the mastermind, you know, that we're in, shout out to the yeah. W2 Capitalist. Um, just joining things like like the W2 Capitalist to try and just surround yourself with people that are doing the same thing. It's, it's a, uh, it can be a lonely world out here as a real estate investor, especially with, uh, you know, a W2 job sometimes. Um, yeah. I've definitely faced some of the same challenges I think you faced in your last position where uh, not everyone gets the side hustle or, or yeah, understands right. you know, how you can do both. I get that question all the time. Um, and, and just for me, it's just a drive thing. It's just a motivation thing. Yeah. It's not hard to, instead of sitting down and watching four hours of TV, you know, scroll yeah. to MLS while you're watching TV or, or scroll wholesale listings or punch the numbers and kind of multitask. It's, uh, you know, I, I happen to, uh, 
give control to the wife most of the time on the remote control. So when she's watching Our the advice and all that stuff, I'm looking at real estate. Now, wait a minute. Don't blame her for your bachelor addiction. Don't blame her. Okay? <laughs> it's a good cop out, but don't blame her. Oh, uh, uh, well. Which hey, shout out to both of our wives for putting up with us and being that voice yes. of reason when we need it, right? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and being the super, super woman that they are, uh, mm-hmm. to help take care of our kids. Because yeah. I can't, you know, with you traveling fifty percent of the time, I, I'm now, you know, my new position. I'm traveling a little bit uh, overnight trips, which is new for us yeah. as well. Yeah. And um, you know. I would, I would, I don't know what it's like to have twins, but I would equate it to having three kids under the age of four. Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> it's gotta be uh, much different or harder. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's not, it's, it's not something I could do and keep my sanity, but somehow my wife does it. And, um, you know, I thought she was superwoman before with just two and with three, it's, it's like, no, you've only begun to see how super I am. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're right. right. You know? yeah. And, yep. and here's the thing. My wife wouldn't say that because she's pretty humble. But I, I mean, I kind of feel like that's what she's showing me. I'm like, how do you do this? Like, I don't, I won't even take all three of them uh, to like the grocery store. Yeah. Unless yeah. we're doing curbside pickup or something, you know? No, I understand. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, my wife's superwoman. I don't know, you know, um, I'm sure you can relate to not have, y'all don't have family close if I remember correctly. So raising kids yeah, that yeah. is tough, man. And And so, it was, I would say the first, first year, definitely, but the first four months with the twins was just uh, all hands on deck. I mean, luckily yeah. I, I do work at W2 where I have some flexibility and I work for an awesome company that is very understanding, but you know, we had, we had a nightmare first four months, kid with colic, one cried all the time. And it just yeah. was like, you just had to do it. I mean, I don't really know how else to explain it. We just got it done. And, and it, we came, we became a lot closer through that as well. I think just in our marriage and our relationship. So yeah it's it's going to test you for sure it's either going to build you closer or it's going to push you apart and um yeah thankfully for us it has pushed us closer you know right <laughs> but Absolutely. we're still you know our third one is still we're still in that four month window you mentioned and, and luckily we have not had to experience any of that we've had really healthy so far and i think it goes a lot to uh, um what we try to feed them and, and all that. And mm-hmm. my wife takes care of herself and we've just been in, and colic and what that stuff really doesn't have anything to do with that. But we've just, in that case, we've been extremely lucky uh, as far as all that goes, but still there's the long yeah. nights and, you know, early mornings <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and all the other stuff. Um, you mentioned something earlier about um, coworkers, not understanding, or maybe it's your boss, yeah. you know, and I'm the, yeah. I'm the same I was in the same boat and I didn't have a bachelor's, uh, a bachelor addiction like you do, but <laughs> I, uh, you know, and here it is, it's almost six o'clock in the AM central time. And you know, a lot of folks don't understand why you get up at four forty-five in the morning. What do you do? You know, I'm like, well, I, I focus on building my real estate empire. You know, it's what, that's the kind of quote I'm going with now some people just don't get it, you know, and, yeah. and it's amazing how much work you can get done in a couple of hours of uninterrupted time. Right. Yeah. That's and, right. And even helping really successful people understand how you do that. They're just like, I don't know if it's a jealousy thing or, you know, and, and probably when I knew I made the right decision to go to this new job, when I went into, they had all hands on, deck meeting to introduce me and you know they gave me the floor they said hey here's jay blah 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 so i I got to tell them a little bit about my background and all this good stuff and then our senior vp of global sales says okay he's a pretty humble guy you probably should know that but he does some really cool shit with real estate investing so if you're interested in that you probably should pick his brain yeah that's cool He's, he's got this podcast and all this other stuff i was like whoa Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and then after that, I've, I've had, I probably have one conversation a week with a coworker yeah. about yeah. it. Um, and this, so this group gets it right. So it's just yeah. it's really been a good transition. I haven't had to battle that. I've got some little gnat or something. Buzzing around you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, so it's really good to have that because I really struggled in my last job of uh, folks understanding 
how you can do both. I'm like, it's amazing what you can get done in two hours a day for f- over five years. Right. It's That's right. That's right. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think from a very high level, they, they get it. Um, I know, you know, like a few people that I have in mind on the executive team completely understand because they're extremely entrepreneurial as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I think, I think the worry or, or, or concern may have been, you know, we want to make sure that Aspen's, you know, or your company time is spent on your company. Right. And then your, your real estate time is, is separate from that. And kind of what, what I tell people when coworkers or whoever, when they're asking about like, how do you, how do you do all these rehabs and stuff while you're, while you're working? Really, it comes down to having a, again, having a team back in Birmingham. I really don't have to be present in order to accomplish a lot of like our rehabs and stuff. I have to, yeah. I have to be there to quote it out and figure out what we're going to do. I may have to order the materials. I may have to have some phone calls, but I'm in a car, you know, six hours a day, most days, uh, yeah. you know, five hours a day, whatever it is. So there's a lot of time to just make those phone calls and say, Hey, I need, X, Y, and Z done. And I don't necessarily have to be present there yeah. doing the work. So, you know, it's just about utilizing time and, and maximizing, you know, your time. Yeah. Um, Windshield time is know, one I, of the most least productive times in the world. Right. So right. But if you're doing that and you're, uh, I know you listen to a bunch of podcasts too. Oh yeah. That's when I, cause I used to have to do day trips and uh, I was in, on the road, you know, anywhere from four to six hours a, a week. Um, no, not a week. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Math doesn't work out, but whatever. It's right. 40, it was yeah. it was a considerable amount of time, more than other folks, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I took advantage of it. I listened to more audiobooks last year than I have ever, probably in all the other years combined, of reading mm-hmm. all that good stuff. And uh, now, you know, my commute's like twenty minutes every day. Right. Right. But there's that's uh, that's still about four hours a week, right? Yeah, math right. Twenty. It's Forty minutes a day times yeah five days twenty hours. There's a right? lot of there's no, a, no. no no no. The point <laughs> being is that even I'm even, good at math. No, I'm not either. So, but but point being is is you know I'll get twenty minutes of an audio book or a podcast on my way in. Usually on my way home, I don't you know I'm kind of trying to debrief you know i'm just trying to chill out for a minute um but when i first started i was like well i'm not going to be able to listen to as many books that's not the case right i'm still being able to to listen and expand and do that stuff which we got a cool one coming up um we're going to do in the mastermind uh what's it called um chop wood carry water okay if you heard that one but i have I'll, not heard that i'll one. officially announce it next week sometime yeah, it's pretty cool. So, a uh, little insight there. Here we go. <laughs> I like it. I can't wait. I can't wait. It sounds uh, sounds intriguing. I'm I'm excited about it. So the main, you know, one thing I struggle yeah. with, and maybe you got some advice for me here, is um, I, I get so many good nuggets out of these books, and I have I have a really hard time taking those and turning them into actionable steps for my yeah. life. Um, yeah. And some of that's just focus and and, and really taking the initiative to make it a priority but i mean do you have any tricks for how you kind of pull the nuggets in and then turn them into actionable items I, i'm shaking my head no i don't yeah, yeah. you know it's it's uh, if i can get one concept out of a book uh i feel like the book is worth its money yeah um so i try not to focus on everything that we cover that's one of the things that i've been thinking about when it comes to the mastermind group because we have those daily challenges that i feel like you know, or somewhat, some days are real thought provoking. Some days they're just like, Oh, let me answer this real quick. Um, it is taking those and helping you guys really dive into those. Right. Right. And I've, I've come to two conclusions. Number one is that everybody's different. They're going to learn different. They're going to attach to different things. So how do you do that? The other thing is the other step is to turn back the daily challenges to really focus on like the most important thing in a week, right? Still with the idea we're going to go through a book a month, but instead of doing daily challenges, doing weekly challenges that really push you to grasp, grasp, grab a, no, grasp, grasp a concept and make it part of your, your MO, right? 
Um, so that's kind of two things I'm thinking about um, because I struggle with this too, right? There's so much good information. You know, when I interviewed uh, Daniel Crosby, he talked, I asked him if he had read a couple of books and he was like, it's on my list. He goes, the one thing that I know is going to happen, he goes, I'm going to die before I get to read all this good material that's out there. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's true. So it's one of those things, you know, I, I struggle with it too. Um, but if I can get one good concept out of the book, I almost want to put the book down and say, okay, let me go focus on this. Right. But everybody has, yeah, yeah. Everybody has that drift, um, concept, right. Where you, you focus on a concept and then if, if it doesn't become a habit, then you drift away from it. Right. Um, even if it is a really good habit, you drift away from it. For example, you've seen this spreadsheet that I've done that I do. Um, I printed this one up yesterday, uh, and it is for October. I haven't done this in two months. Yeah. Yeah. So I've personally have drifted away. Uh, and I can tell, I feel out of control. I feel like I don't know what's going on. Um, I had to scale back some things. I used to release, um, two podcasts a week. Now I scale back to one and I'm outsourcing the editing for the podcast. Yep. So I'm really starting to look at, I mean, this, this spreadsheet that I go through is what helped get me here. Right. And having that focus. So I'm like, why did I get away from that? Oh yeah. It's because I started a new job. We had another kid. We launched a podcast. It's life. So now that life is starting to settle down a little bit, I had to remind myself, Hey, here's what led me to success before. Let's get back to that. Right. And you know, the thing about this checklist, the, the daily stuff changes typically from quarter to quarter. I just left what was on there before just to have something right with the idea that sure. okay, I'm going to get back into that. It's almost like I'm getting back into the gym. Right. And, um, I'm going to go and I'm going to, okay, I'm going to start working out that muscle and then start figuring it out and I'll change things up midway. So I've got to get back to it. Um, I don't have an answer for you about how you can grab more, uh, and make those part of your routine. I struggle with it too. So, um, we'll figure that out though, man. Yeah. It's part just, of the, uh, part of the joy of life is trying to figure everything out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things, you know, and I really enjoyed, um, the conversation with, with Daniel Crosby. He just, yeah, he's an Auburn guy, by the way. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Well, I loved it too. I listened to that, uh, I think yesterday or the day yeah. before. It was a good but, one. But he, you know, when he said, look, you know, there's, there's no way I'm going to be able to grasp all the, the good content out there before I'm gone. I was like, maybe I do need to just slow down a little bit. You know, it was one of those reminders of slow down, take care of your wife, take care of your family. Uh, which by the way, how do you, how do you do that with you being gone, you know, for two weeks out of the month? Uh, and then when you come in, you know, I'm assuming when you're in town, you're, you try to schedule your real estate activities, right? Do you, do you take like a, a couple months off after you finish a project or how do you, how do you No, no, no? it's, uh, um, finish a real estate project. Is that yeah. what yeah. you're asking? Um, not intentionally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, right now, unintentionally, we don't, we don't really have anything working right now. Um, unfortunately I hate to say that it's not like, you know, my wife reminds me that I've, I've done a lot in the two, two and a half years we've been doing. Yeah. I feel like I'm failing right now because we don't have anything in the pipeline. Now we've don't looked at love having that voice of reason though. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it, it keeps me, keeps me grounded because, uh, I'll kill myself trying to just get where I think I should be. So how do uh, we keep rewarding them? those super women yeah. that take care of us. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, man, I just try and gosh, that's a great question. You know, keep rewarding them. I, I just, I tell her all the time how, how much I respect her and how much I value her. Um, yeah. and how she really is the glue and the rock of this, this household that holds everything together. And yeah. I'm just the motor that tries to keep it turning. Um, it's a good analogy. Know, that's, I need to do more that's, of that. <laughs> right. But that's just why I, you know, that's why I do, why, that's why I do this. That's why I, I hustle on the side and, and started doing real estate really was to allow her or allow us to, to let her stay at home with our girls and, and raise them when we found out we we're having twins. And it's like, there's no way we can uh, 
do daycare for yeah. two reasons. One, it's just so expensive um, in Birmingham. And two, oh, she was in sales as well. So she was going to have to find, one of us was going to have to find another job be more than 30 minutes outside of Birmingham with your kids in daycare. So, you know, if we were having to do all that anyways, uh, we might as well allow her to stay home and raise them yeah. what she wanted to do. So um, that's why I started this hustle. But, you know, I try and reward her every every time we have um, complete a project and, and there's profit in it. Um, I hate to say I pay her, but she gets a cut of, of the profits for her fun money, you know, because we, yeah. we utilize a budget. We try and be physically responsible every month. And she does a very good job of trying to stay in that budget. But, you know, a lot of that's been on stuff for the kids and you know, yeah. just many things that they need. So I like to just let her go out and, and give her nights out with the friends or, you know, let her go do what she needs to do and just kind of have some decompression time. So yeah. I can't be cognizant about, about her needs as well. Um, Cause it's easy to get just in the grind, right. And you yeah. work your W2 all day and then you come home and you're laser focused on real estate or, you know, you do it in the morning. I tend to do it in the evening, which yeah. I probably should change that up, but that's a very long winded <laughs> answer. But I mean, I just I try and really let her know how much she's valued. Yeah. Um, I incorporate her into the real estate as much as possible. She's definitely my designer and the vision yeah. of kind of how, how projects are going to turn out. And she gets a lot of reward from that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely need to do a better job of telling my wife how much I appreciate her. And, um, I don't know if <laughs> I've been, I, and every time I say appreciate right now, I don't know if you know the comedian, um, uh, Tom Segura, if you've listened to his no. stuff or seen him uh-huh. on Netflix. So he goes into this story. I'll, I'll make it real short, but he goes into the story about his friend was trying to get an autograph from Pac-Man Jones. And, uh, and basically Pac-Man said that he ended it. The punchline is you tell that motherfucker. I appreciate him. <laughs> so I hear the word appreciate. Uh, you know, appreciate. Yeah. I don't think if I say that to my wife, she would appreciate that. Yeah. 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 I'd probably not. But, uh, hey, um, so as long you, as it comes from a good place, right? Yeah. You, you, you mentioned that as long as we make money, um, yeah. <laughs> on a deal, is there ever been a chance where you didn't make money? I lost money on my very first flip. Um, okay. the only deal I ever, ever bought from a wholesaler. Um, <laughs> yeah. and again, it was, it was impatience really. It was, yeah. uh, it was trying to make a deal work that I knew was tight. Um, I learned a lot through that deal. I, I, I originally sure. went into it, uh, with a, a rental rehab mindset, but we okay. were going to try and sell it. Um, and if I couldn't sell it, I wanted it to, you know, be able to rent it and not, not lose a ton of money on the rent every month. Halfway through, I, I just kind of saw that it wasn't going to look what I thought was good enough for the retail market. So we changed up some some budget. Um, again, I knew it was going to be tight from the get go. We had some unexpected expenses, had a couple of water lines break. It was cold, you know, in the winter. Um, and then last one, they did a sewer inspection and the sewer line was all corroded. So we had to replace the sewer line right below or right before closing. Um, lost a thousand bucks on it, but I learned, uh, I learned a lot. You know, the biggest thing I learned is, uh, that was our first deal with a private investor. Um, they made money. I kept them whole. Nice. Um, They've now reinvested with us a few times, uh, even though they know we lost money on that deal because we we stood up to our end of the bargain and paid them. Yeah. Um, and then just learned that you you really that's where I am laser focused now. When I go into a house to rehab it, I know exactly what we're going to do before we yeah. start. Yeah. Um, and, and I really don't vary from that very often. Maybe some light fixtures and things here and there. If Blair picks something out, and maybe we don't always pick out the tile, but I I, I have a pretty good idea. We're not going to um, go from not redoing the bathroom to redoing the bathroom halfway through the rehab. She doesn't surprise you with like they do on these shows of, Oh, now that we're here and I know we're already over budget, we're going to redo the entire bathroom and we're just going to ask 30,000 more and make up for it. She doesn't do that. No, No, not yet. Not yet. (laughs) She she threw a, she threw a curveball at me on our last house, but it actually, it, it was a great call. She, I was just going to do like a granite surround around the fireplace um, to match the countertops. And she wanted to do a, a kind of a, I guess it was a marble tile look yeah. that she had found somewhere. And it, it, I think it sold the house. Honestly, it was a great call. Huh. It was more expensive, but it was a good call. 
Yeah. yeah. Voice of reason, man. We got to listen yeah. to them. They're super yeah. women for a reason. Super woman. That's right. Women. Um, what? Oh, totally lost my train of thought there. I look like I'm asleep right now. I don't know. Yeah, if I, I this, but <laughs> I'm not. I promise. It looks like you got those lights turned down in there, ready to take they're, a little nap. Yeah. <laughs> the lighting in this in the office is horrible. And my yeah. big uh, spotlight, uh, we moved it to the other room to do some family pictures, and I gotcha. just haven't moved it back in here. So it does look it does look a little dark, but it's I've got a lamp on, I've got the ceiling fan on. It's just anyway. Just um, is what it is. So even though you've lost money on a deal, you came back mm-hmm. and said, no, I want some more of that. Right. Uh, I think making your investors whole, uh, is extremely valuable for you. Like you just said, you've come back and invested with you multiple times now. Um, you, you were kind of beating yourself up earlier that, Hey, we don't have a project going on, or at least that's the way I interpret it, but you got to remind yourself to, to be patient. Right. So you don't right. go back into right. that and, um, so what, what are you doing now to help lead generate and trying to find something or yeah. have you just taken it? Like I eventually just gave up around here and said, mm-hmm. heck with it. I'm not looking around here anymore, which led to other really amazing opportunities, at least, you know, and they're fresh, right? So two closings in the last 24 days or whatever it is. So they're fresh and I'm excited about them, but you know, only time will tell if the, if it was as good on paper as it, in, yeah. um, as it underwrote. So how do you, how do you stay, keep that laser focus, but also be patient? Or do you just say, Hey, the market is what it is right now. Everybody's talking about a dip that's coming. Do we just wait until, do we just stack cash and wait until after that dips over? Yeah. So I, you know, a, a combination, I definitely am, I guess I'll answer your first question first. How do I stay patient and, and focused? So that's really where the opportunity seeker in me comes out. Like if I'm not, if the real estate's not making sense and I'm not seeing anything from wholesalers and I'm not lead generating my own things. Um, that's where I found that apartment deal that just came along. And I was like, Hey, I'm, this looks good on paper. I'm going to just pull the trigger on this and put some money into that for a few years. Um, you know, we had the opportunity to private lend on a business startup that will be a, a really good return. So that's totally outside of, what we've ever done in a, in a different ball game. Um, so just try to find other opportunities that may make sense. Uh, we've had some good luck with Facebook ads. So what I wasn't doing a good job of was lead follow-up um, mm. again with the time for me. Yeah. So we, you know, I've, I'm trying to focus a lot on how to, how to implement systems, processes and or people to grow this business to the next yeah. level. Um, I brought on a partner a few rehabs ago to manage the rehabs. Um, a little bit more so I don't have to be as hands on there. We just brought on a lady. Um, we're going to pay her commission on every deal that she finds that we close to do the lead nice. follow up, lead generation follow up. Um, she's just about to get started. So that's, that's my next step is I'm, if I'm not seeing anything from, uh, from wholesalers that makes sense to me, I'm going to go out and try and find my own deals because yeah. that's where I have been. Every money, everything we've made money on, we found ourselves in some way, shape or form through Facebook ads, Craigslist ads, luck of the yeah. draw people we knew. Um, and I just feel like that's, I have a control problem sometimes and that's where I have the most control. <laughs> it sounds like an opportunity for you to grow, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds exactly. like you're taking advantage exactly. of it though, as far as, uh, hiring these other folks out, right. And really putting it in yeah. their hands. Um, and allowing you, I think that's, yeah. Your family, right. Yeah. And, and yeah. scale up is what you're, what you're saying. So, um, I'm with you. I, I've somewhat been a control freak until, oh man, until I finally got, there was, there was a certain level of success that I said that mentally there was just a click and I was like, okay, I don't really care about this stuff anymore, but I need it to happen. I'm going to hire somebody to do it. I just, and it was recent. Uh, I just hired a, a virtual assistant to help do some things. Uh, now I'm, I'm working through that, right? It's new for me. Yeah. It's a, it's a new relationship, but it's super cheap. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's, it's been producing some results. It, you know, the task I gave her was, uh, to get me on some podcast for, uh, as interviews, something I could do, totally do myself. Yep. But I mean, it's just, I, I'm really just like I posted, you know, I'm really enjoying the limited partnerships of side of things or I'm sitting back just collecting a check. 
I'm really just enjoying sitting back in a calendar invite coming to me like, here's what you got to do tomorrow, you know, and I'm yep. happy to That's pay those, what I'm paying. So. Absolutely. One of those tasks that you can outsource and yeah. not have to spend the time to worry yeah. about doing it. So I you, think that's, I think that's awesome. You mentioned, and I didn't put this in, or I didn't um, talk about this in your bio for, for whatever reason, but private money, mm-hmm. right? Private lending. And you've been on both sides. You've lent Correct. and you've been uh, the recipient. So talk to me about what does it feel like to be on either side? And now, you know, how did being a lender help ed- educate you or prepare you to go and, you know, um, seek more private money, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. So, I mean, I had, I had experience on being the borrower several times before I was the lender. So I guess I, I kind of knew what, um, what I needed to, to feel secure, what, you yeah. know, what to expect and what to ask. What I, what I didn't, um, I guess what I'm learning from being on the lending side is I probably need to do a better job of communicating with my lenders, how the process is going just to kind of keep them up to date and make them feel a little bit comfortable. I think my lender is probably comfortable with me now at the time or one of them. Um, but as I add, hopefully add to those, that lender pool and continue to grow this business. Um, that's something I've jotted down that I need to do a very good job of is just keeping uh, them updated on the progress of, uh, of the project. Cause um, my guy really hasn't, the guy I went to hasn't yeah. really done that unless I asked him about it. Now, when I ask him, he's very responsive. Since we turn to pictures, what's going on, and um, you would just been, rather have a proactive update. Well, well I just you know here's an email in your inbox or a text message. Right. That says, here's where we are. Right. Instead of like going, I just got a chunk of money out there, and it's like, well, what's what's happening with that? You know? Yeah. So um, I, I get it. You know, I, it's it's takes a lot to trust somebody with a big chunk of money that you worked hard to get, you know, sure. like it's not like we have unlimited funds to, to play around with. What do you mean? I just happen to have some, you know, I, I want to put the cash we do have to work um, yeah. doing that in a few different ways. And so if it's just out there doing nothing, um, I feel like that's a waste. So that's where I'm just trying to find ways to keep that, keep that money churning. Um, how do you, how do you, um, how do you go about, identifying um, or, or being patient and saying, oh, cause you know, there's, I used to never, I didn't want anything in my savings account. Right. But mm-hmm. getting like less than 1% uh, interest on it. But how do you stay patient enough to write deal? Well, you know, while allowing that money to kind of, I mean, I know, I don't know what I'm trying to say is, is I really don't know what I'm trying to say. This is pathetic. But, you know, if you've got some money sitting mm-hmm. there that you know can get be doing a lot better, how do you stay patient until the right deal comes along, I guess, is what I'm talking Oh, man. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I, I do a bad job of that. I mean, that's where the tax certificates came in is like I yeah. had that money and I just wanted to put it to work. So I found a way to, it's like, hey, this seems like a way I could put some of that money to work. Um, you know, part for me, part of it has been finding other avenues to um, to, I guess, other, other vehicles to store that money in. Yeah. Um, you know, we've started doing infinite banking. I know you had Anthony on the show to talk about that. I work with some guys here in Birmingham. So a lot of, you know, that, that is going to be a way for me to transfer a lot of that money out of checking and savings into a vehicle that's going to earn interest and grow over time that I then can also use to yeah. deals or, or continue to grow that money at a, at an exponential rate. So, um, it, what it did for me was it drove me to grow as a person, educate myself on really financial growth and financial wealth building and ways yeah. to do that, um, kind of outside the box. I don't really trust the stock market, um, yeah. long-term. I mean, everyone <laughs> yeah. says it should, but I didn't feel comfortable just dumping a bunch of money into, into like a, a EFT growth account or whatever. And, yeah. hoping that it grew, you know, short term, especially if I yeah. wanted to use that. But yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you. You know, with these, uh, apartment complexes, we just, um, invested in, I was going to say bought into, but invested in is that, um, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, why would I do that? I actually questioned myself, why would I do that and not 
try to put some money in the stock market right now. Again, if you keep up with the stock market, it has been skyrocketing for the last little bit. Yeah. Uh, and there's a downturn expected to that. And you, you know, it kind of goes back to again, being laser focused, you know, mm-hmm. and there's just something about, you know, stocks, even though if they pay dividends and they've got good returns, you, you have very little control over what yep. no control, right? Well, yeah, no control. And there's so many different variables. You know, I work for a public company now and, you know, the conversations we have internally about our growth and things of that nature do not support what the uh, stock price is doing. And there's mm-hmm. a couple of reasons for that. I don't know if I can get into that or if I've been sure. told that I'm not on the list that I have to get approval to buy and sell, uh, you know, stock. I, I don't have to register with the SEC or whatever that process looks like. Um, but there's just internal conversations. I'm like, what the heck, man? You know? And, and so I started asking, I start reading a bunch of articles and, and it's because of one guy did something not associated mm-hmm. with a stockholder, not associated with, our, with the company at all, uh, has drove that price extremely down. And I'm like, so a lot of people value this guy's opinion, right? Mm-hmm but he doesn't know what I know, you know, right. it's kind of weird. I don't know if I just admitted securities fraud or not, but it's, no, hey. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I think, I'm, yeah, I know. I think though, I don't know all the ins and outs of that, but I think you'd have to know something like really, really big to, yeah, you know, no, and, you, do. you know, and I, I give, <laughs> I, I, I give it to our executive management team who uh, really holds those kind of conversations tied to their chest. They're very uh, transparent when it comes to, daily operations and management decisions, but those big moves that could really push the stock somewhere, they hold, they are very much, Hey, we're not going to get, you know, it's not worth us having a conversation. And I've, I've messed with them a little bit, <laughs> you know, just because of my personality, I think they're getting tired of it. I probably need to stop, but, uh, Hey man, yeah. What should I be doing right now? <laughs> right, right. Jay, we can't have this I conversation. You know, we, yeah. we cannot yeah. have this conversation <laughs> verbally in it, you know, uh, on record anywhere, uh, mm-hmm. off record, uh, in a forest where nobody else is around, we cannot have this conversation. I'm like, okay, right. I get it. but what should I do? You know? And they're like, right, oh, right, get yeah. out of here, get the fuck out of here. And I was, <clears throat> um, but, uh, I was going to ask you too about, um, oh, what was it? This is how these things go. This is like us really sitting down and having some coffee, right? Yeah. I love it. How much time do you have? As much as you want. Man, that's that's gracious. That's awesome. We've been going yeah. for about an hour. Uh, and there was one other question. This is me stalling to try to remember what I was going to ask next. And uh, the funny thing is I keep a, a notepad right next here. And you've probably seen me write it down. Yeah. And uh, I didn't write it down, apparently. Yeah, I booked for 530 just in case you didn't have anybody else. And we could you know, run long. I, I yeah, love it, man. I'll sit no, here. It's, uh, I mean, I'll be around Birmingham today. So as long as I'm out of the house by eight, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I'm starting to hear footsteps upstairs, which means my, my, my tribe's waking up, which is early. Yep. Them. Um, uh, we've, we just hit the phase of crawling out of the cribs. So. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Six thirty, lights were on. She was reading a book singer. They were reading books, singing to each other and it's inc- yeah. They don't come into y'all's room to wake you up. Well, they used to. So okay. we stopped that. We bought them a little clock that turns green. Told them they can't oh, yeah. come to the room until it turns green. That was brilliant. Uh, they, haven't, they haven't quite connected that they're not supposed to get out of their beds, but uh, <laughs> they stay in the room, right? They let y'all sleep. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. They, they, however, we had to put the little doorknob covers on there because we we just let them play in there. One morning, we went in their entire closet was wrecked. Everything was pulled out. It was it was a like a tornado came through, it's but good times, good times. Uh, they actually just, crawl out of the cribs, huh? Just climb over it. Yeah. That's inc- ours have so not done think, that yet. Oh, so. knock on wood. So yeah, I think we, we're about to convert to toddler beds and just yeah, you know, yeah, deal just, with that. We uh, we just recently uh, converted uh, my son, who's four. Uh, got him a bunk bed. He's loving it. Yep. And, oh, cool. Um, you know, the other morning I, I'm asleep. And I hear this, you know, do, 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 do. And then mm-hmm. 
roll over and he's right there in my face. Well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Daddy, yeah. I slept yeah. all night in my bed. I was uh-huh. like, You did? Like, what time is it? <laughs> and it was. It was. I- it was too early, but he did. He slept. I mean, it was like six or uh, five thirty or six or something like that on a Saturday. And I was like, mm. "Good job, buddy. What do you want to yep. do now?" <laughs> right. well, so my wife didn't tell me that they had learned to crawl out of the bed. I got back from a trip from from Atlanta um, yeah. for a week, and I that it was probably I got home probably on Thursday. And that Friday morning, I woke up to being slapped in the face. Hey, nice. daddy. Hey, daddy. And I'm nice. like, "What is happening?" She's nice. like, "Oh yeah, they crawl out of their beds now." How did this work? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you gotta love it though man those experiences oh, yeah. wouldn't trade for anything it's uh incredible yeah, uh, uh got a guy i work with that uh doesn't have kids doesn't have the plan to have kids and has a very strong opinion on why <laughs> and i'm like mm-hmm. yeah you probably should have some kids i think your your mindset would change on that yeah um and and i appreciate you helping me stall for time i can't remember what else i was going to ask you all right damn what was it? Oh, oh no, no, here, here it is. Yeah. It came to so on the private money side, um, you, you've, you've gotten to a point where you lend private money. <clears throat> Do you, have you ever run into a situation? And the real question is, has your um, ask for private money, the, the amount that you borrow, uh, probably a better way to put that, the amount you borrow for private money, has it increased over time? And do you, have you run into a situation where you've borrowed private money because your private money that you're lending is out working for you? Does that make um, sense? Yeah, let me unpack that. I think I understand what you, so, so yeah. So what I've actually gotten to uh, thinking about in my mind is I almost would like to borrow private money on every deal that I do to free up my money to earn gotcha. money if that makes sense. So if I can make a return, not using any of my own money, yeah, I mean, it's an infinite return on investment, right? And then I can loan that money out on this side. And even if I pay 10%, which I'd pay my investors 10% annually, you know, annualized, which I think is a, a pretty good rate of return, lend sure. my money or do something else with my money on this side, I've got essentially two different income streams coming in um, at one time. So yeah. rather than tying my money up into a deal, which yes, you'd be earning money on your money, if I can not put money into it, then I'm earning even more money on my money. It's kind of how I think about it. Do you analyze that deal by deal or is that just kind of a, a Hey, here's our uh, strategy for this and we're just going to go with it. Um, in my head, I haven't made this an official operating procedure or anything, but in my head, if I can get private money for it, I'm going to get private money for it. And we're at a point where we have, um, I think we have enough interest where, we should be able to get private money for most any deal that we, we take down. Um, which I mean, I'm, I'm fine with just using private money and calculating that interest into, into the deal. I think it works well for everyone. And, um, we are able to go in and rehab the house, revitalize the neighborhood. We're also making our investors money and keeping them happy. Um, and then it frees up our capital to do what we want to do with it. Yeah. Um, That's, that's cool. Really haven't thought about it being two separate income streams, but that is definitely what it is, right? And, mm-hmm. and um, uh, the, the thing about private money, and I've never done a private money situation either uh, on either side, but I keep having conversations with guys like you who have done one side, done both sides, and they're like, man, it's, how are you not doing this already? <laughs> you know, and I'm yeah. like, uh, I, I don't know. You know, I hate banks. I hate dealing with banks. Um, uh, main reason why I started looking into the infinite banking strategy. I, I don't on the infinite banking strategy. I don't think the timing's right for us to do it right now. Um, just from some things that I'm trying to move around and do. Uh, but it is something that I'm, I'm, I've got to look at here in the next little bit. I need to follow up with Anthony and give him a solid heads up because he's been very um, respectful. Mm-hmm. just pinging me every now hey just want to remind you i'm still out here blah blah, blah. but um you know for right now i don't think it's right for us uh i don't th- think i know it's not right for us just because of some of the things we're doing one thing i didn't like and the reason being i didn't like uh it seems like you have to wait about three to five years to be able to get mm-hmm. access to that money 
Uh, and right now my pain dealing with the banks as much as I bitch and complain about it is not that great, right? To, to force that change. Now, um, I anticipate that happening in the future, but, and, and uh, I don't know, I'm almost talking myself into it right now. (laughs) Well, you know, right now is the time to do it because if, if we're headed toward this slump, like everybody's talking about, you know, uh, this dip in the market, then for the next three to five years, I don't need to do anything with my money anyway. Right. And that would help somewhat protect me from, from doing that. But I don't know. I kind of made up my city. Now I'm, now I'm flipping back. I mean, I'd be interested to see, um, kind of what he proposed, how he structured that, that policy. Um, cause I'll tell you, we, we had access to money immediately um, as soon as we funded the policy. Now it does take, you know, five or so years, six years to, I guess, match what you've contributed. If you and that's what it. I was looking at. You're, you're right. You so. do have access to that money, but I was looking at how does it match, right? And mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, as Nelson Nash used to say, the best time to plant a tree was 30 years ago. The next best time is now. So, yeah, um, but uh, you don't have to, you know, another thing too that I guess our guys preach um, is you don't have to go all in on your first policy. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they most people you talk to, say they wish they would have put more into their first policy. But, yeah. um, you know, one thing that they talk about a lot is, 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 I guess, capturing your insurability to make sure that you have it yeah. in the future. So even if you just did a term policy that was convertible with him, um, maybe worth looking into. And I'm not an insurance guy and not trying to preach for yeah, yeah, yeah. banking. I think it's a great concept, but I know that's something we've done is we've also had term policies on Blair and I that is going to, uh, guarantee insurability in the future. So, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, that's, that's the big thing they talk about, but, uh, I forget where we were going with that other than infant banking, but. Oh, I did too. So it's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, man, so, uh, I do want to wrap up. I, I okay. It was, it is actually six thirty. Um, yeah, no worries. And, uh, I've got to get off to the job. So I'm I understand ready and go, but, uh, I do want to appreciate your time this morning and enlightening us and all the different things you're, you're doing. Uh, at some point in time, I do want to pick your brain more, get more specific in the private money side of things. Sure. Uh, Cause I think that's probably gonna be the next step for me as well. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I yeah. got, I, again, trying to stay laser focused, but there's so many different ways to make money in real estate. That's why I love it. You know, but I, I, if you, uh, you want a private money lender guest on, I've got a good guy here in town that um, okay. that's all him and his wife do. And they used to, they used to rehab and flip and have a rental yeah. portfolio. And he's gone to purely being a professional private money lender. Yeah, and great guy. Chat with so. him, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. uh, somebody who does it full time. No, does he have a job as well? Or is it? It's just, no, that's all that's they all do. Now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. No. You know, I used to look at private money lenders as um, um, not really good guys, and I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah, yeah, kind of like a shark. Maybe maybe that's the best best way to put it. Uh, maybe it was a jealousy thing that I wanted to be in their shoes, right. you know. Right. But I, I just I didn't have a very good outlook on those guys, and I think that's probably why. I, and I think it was a very limiting outlook from my point of view. Uh, or from my perspective, I think it was one of those things where my um, visibility on how all that worked was skewed, right? Mm-hmm. And um, probably if I would have used a little bit more than that, I wouldn't hate banks as much because I wouldn't be using them, you know? Right, right. Um, but anyway, nonetheless, I appreciate your time. Appreciate you joining us this morning. Um, before we get out of here, I've got your um, links to your website, to your Facebook page, but how ultimately what's the best way for people to, uh, to get in touch with you? Yeah, the best way is probably, um, my Facebook page. It's, uh, just facebook.com slash O'Brien homes. Uh, my personal page is facebook.com slash I am Jamie O. Um, same thing for Instagram, uh, okay. as well. It's uh, Instagram O'Brien homes and Instagram. I am Jamie O. Um, that's probably the easiest way. My, my email address and phone numbers are on there. I'll give you my cell phone number. I like that Tim Kelly does that. It's uh, yeah, 205-500-9687. If I can ever help anybody with anything, happy to Absolutely. do it. I'll give you a call. Send you just no dirty pics, right? No, no, yeah, uh, yeah, no, no. I have a wife um, <laughs> and children. So. <laughs> uh, have your kids started taking over your phone yet? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't let them have mine, but they, they will give 
blares and just run off with it. Yeah. Maddie's probably called 911 10 times at this point. Tom <laughs> figured out how to open it. Yeah. But she figured out she hits a button, it'll open up like the keypad for the yeah. emergency call. Yeah. It's it it. calling DG and it's doing the 911 screech. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine hasn't done that, but they will definitely grab it and start taking a bunch of pictures. And mm-hmm. I don't care. You know, I think it's kind of funny. Uh, my wife will try to go get them from them real quick. I was like, what? They're not wasting film. I mean, all you got to do is right. go and delete them afterwards if you don't want them. But it's good stuff. That's true. It's, uh, it's amazing uh, the stuff that they can do at that early of an oh, age. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Jamie O, Jamie O'Brien, I will uh, chat with you soon, but I've enjoyed it, buddy. Jay, I've appreciated it. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Hey, go Gators. War Eagle. Go Gators. War Eagle. I'm not even going to mention that other Bama school. (laughs) No need. (laughs) No No need. need. They got some playing some high school team this weekend, so they're good. That's right. That's right. (laughs) All right, buddy. I will see you later, okay? All right. Have a good one. (laughs) 